Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to the Sportive Podcast. I am um, your de facto host, Randball Stu, because I logged into Brandon's Zoom account to start the fucking meeting. Um, <laughs> with me tonight is John Marthaler. Hey, John, how's it going? Not too bad, Brandon. How you doing? You look, <laughs> oh, you, you know, look good. You look good. Like, well, thank you. That is so kind of you to say. Um, yeah, it's. Um, we were just talking about this in the green room. It has been a while. Since we've uh, spoken. It's been so long that I can't remember what joke we usually make when we say it's been a while. It has been over three months. Yes. um, April 15th was the uh, uh, post date on that recording. Um, At the time, John, I believe the uh, twins were four and eight and people were calling for everyone's head. That's Um, right. Since then, they have overachieved and are in first place at the all-star break and everyone is still calling for their heads. Calling for heads. Um, I am, I guess I'm, I, I, I'm so Barrero on this and that I see both sides being, you know, completely irrational. Um, it's insane to be disappointed in the twins being in first place right now. That's crazy. There, no one anticipated it. No one foresaw it. Um, it's fantastic that it's happening. But um, the fact is their uh, weaknesses are so glaring, so obvious. And they yeah. happen to like show themselves at the worst possible time, which is the twins raison d'etre, um, that it's not... You know, weird that people would be saying, like, this is a paper tiger. This is a team that will absolutely get drilled if they even make it to the playoffs, which they won't. Um, So, John, where do you find yourself? Well, it's funny because there have been a lot of voices saying, well, the Twins are in first place. You just, why can't you enjoy it? You should just enjoy this. And while I agree with that in theory, in our defense, it has been really hard to enjoy because like the biggest, the biggest part of the year was when the Indians, not the Indians, the guardians, they're the guardians. Now the guardians were hovering about four or five back of the twins. And suddenly Minnesota played Cleveland like 10 times in two weeks. And so that was like the first time this season that the twins really were felt like appointment viewing 
normally with the twins, it's a little bit like, well, my kids are in bed. I guess I'll check the score. And if it's within two <laughs> runs, you know, if it's like four, two in the sixth, I'll turn it on and I'll watch it. But if it's already seven to one, one way or the other, I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste the rest of my night watching this twins game, but the, the guardians games, those that, that series mm-hmm. with the guardians where they played so many games in a row, it really was like, well, the game's at seven o'clock tonight. So I don't care if the kids are in bed or not. The kids are going to be complaining about daddy watching baseball while I turn on baseball because this is important. This feels like it's like the playoffs in June. And it was miserable, Stu. It was utterly miserable. Every night, the ghost of Ron Davis came back and infected Emilio Pagan. Ron Davis did up like six games in a row, and they kept putting him in there. And then finally, Rocco Baldelli was like, well, the one thing we know is Emilio Pagan isn't going to pitch in those late inning high leverage situations now because he just he needs a break. And like the next night he was pitching in the 10th inning against Cleveland because they have no relievers. Their bullpen is Joan Duran and garbage. It's just gar- Joe Smith was like a, a, a revelation for a month and a half. And I was like, ah, oh, the wily old side armor figured it out. He hasn't figured it out. He's 43 years old. Everybody in the league from the age of 19 through recently retired players, some of whom were in the hall of fame. Now all have a hit off Joe Smith in their careers. He's the only guy in baseball history to give up a hit to 2000 different batters. Well, I mean, but other than that, the bullpen's been pretty all right. Um, no, that has it not. been though. Has it, it is been? Not. It is not. No, I mean the, the second best reliever is Griffin Jacks. I, you could again, have, you could have said almost anyone, and I would have been like, "No, he's not good." But no, I mean yeah, no, maybe he's the best. Griffin Jacks. That's not a relief pitcher. That's like the host of MTV's Ridiculousness. That's not it's, a. It's a production it's, company that made an '80s game show, brought to you by <laughs> Griffin Jacks Productions. Oh my God! Yeah, it's it is. Um, and it puts them in a spot where, I mean, I think if they were 44 and 50, there wouldn't be any illusions about right. what this team is, but they're, right. they're 50 and 44. They are two games clear of Cleveland, three games clear of um, the godless Chicago White Sox. They have in- an incredible shortstop who um, is going to be a free agent at the end of next year or at the end of this year. Um, people are saying they should trade him right now. And that is even more insane than anything I've heard yet. <laughs> I, God and bless It makes no sense. They're they in first have, place. Shut up. They have lost their minds. That I mean, is so dumb. Okay. I, I get that. I get that people are saying Carlos Correa is amazing. He's not going to be here beyond this year. They should trade him. But if, if you're going to do that, why even sign him in the first place? Why yes. even bother? It if just, you're going to fucking tank, tank. Yeah. Just it's, no, it's it's so much of this. We we have we have blamed the White Sox for all of our nation's ills at one point or another over the 15 years we've been doing this podcast. And here's the thing, Stu. We've been right every time. Every yes. time we every have time. Hawk Harrelson did January 6th. I believe this 100 percent. And I know I'm right. They haven't no, connected the dots. He plotted it. He but, planned it. You could put it on the board. Yes. Did I? Did. Did I see somewhere that Hawk Harrelson is in the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster? Oh, I think God. I saw that the other what day. F- Hawk, the worst, the worst local sports broadcaster of all time, and he's in the Hall of Fame. I can't even just, believe that. I, I would, 
I would willingly listen to John Gordon narrate my funeral before <laughs> I would listen to Hawk Harrelson. You know, I just. Hi, everybody. Literally. No, wait, that's, Herb <laughs> that's Herb Cardio. He's the, here's the ace hardware Paul bearer of the day. Um, <laughs> a snapper mow him down any. Yep. How long, this is, uh, this is sort of a tangent, but how long has Dick Bramer been the twins play-by-play announcer now? 1983. It's, I actually had to look this up for my twins daily post tomorrow. I actually did have to look this up. He's been it, on twins broadcast since 83. Yeah. I, I don't know that he was full-time in 83. He might've yeah, been like, I mean, in that, like, you know, like part-time role. I might've had a different guy, like a Ted Robinson. The yeah, national. In my childhood, it was Ted Robinson. Yeah. And then about I think Dick, Dick had started so. like doing work for them yeah. in 83. And I think he became the permanent one before the 91 series. Like that. I mean, he called gopher basketball when I was yeah. growing up. He just, he did, he was like the, the, he was the clay mathic of our childhood. I was just gonna—I was gonna say exactly that. I was gonna say he's the Ur clay mathic. He's yeah. the, he's the role model, and I mean, it's anyway. He's been around for a long time. Yes. Dick Raymer has been the the voice of. Uh, he's got to be the longest tenured broadcast. He's got to be even like more longer tenured than Herb Carniel at this point. I think Carniel went. Oh God. Well, he started with the team in like 61, 62, didn't he? Yeah, I think he, he went was, for a I good mean, he was in the decades, 60s, but well, so, he's, he's um, climbing up there. Yeah, he's, oh, he's absolutely, he's, he, the years are, and I mean, he might go a while now because he got rid of Blylevin. Yeah, so all of his and, stress is gone. He's got like normal people. He's got like, I mean, Perkins is really good. Mm-hmm. But Troy Hawkins is fine. Smalley's Mordo good. Is Mordo's good. good. I mean, yep. he's just, he's living the dream right now. He doesn't even have like Jack Morris bothering him anymore. Oh Jesus! Oh yeah, that's also another positive. And uh, yeah, so he's he might go for another 10, 15 years at least. But I mean, I mean the other thing is he sounds the same, and I I don't mm-hmm. think I'm making this up. He sounds the same now as he did in like the early nineties, mm-hmm. which is pretty rare. Like, look at anybody who's ever called SEC football on yeah. CBS: Vern Lundquist, Brad Nestler, whoever. Mm-hmm. They all know Brad Nestler is now 152 years old. Mm-hmm. He's like the crypt keeper. <laughs> oh man, Cato State will do that to a man. <laughs> <laughs> He's almost old enough to play on their hockey team. <laughs> Uh, that will go over well with our friend chicken finger 69 who is um i believe is um somewhere with his daughter tonight i know if for once he wasn't i won't i won't spoil it by saying what he was doing tonight but i just want to say it was very sweet and fatherly and so we're not going to mention it out loud correct same with Um, brandon brandon is doing baseball i don't know if it was one of his kids or his own Team. He is he is in the meat grinder now. Oh yeah, he's, he's absolutely yeah. in the summer sports meat grinder. He only he has kids. two kids, but he's coaching three different kids as teams. I think he just picked mm-hmm. up a young lad. They have just, four kids now somehow. Yeah, two some other more. kids just live in their house <laughs> and are playing baseball. He has some warts, just like Bruce Wayne. For um, team Roxy. Yeah, he's got his own town team. I assume he's just a complete red ass. He's the red ass lefty from well, Minnetonka. He always has been, so yeah. it's only getting worse now. He chews Sorry. tobacco now. It's not even like it's not even like snuff. It's just the straight up leaves that he's just sticking in. Yeah. Well, to be fair, there's no carbs in tobacco, so it's fine. Sure. <laughs> Motherfucker hasn't eaten a carb since 1988, so it's fine. He, here's the thing, though. Just from talking to Brandon, he has a wonderful diet, except he eats 2,000 calories of straight up pure candy every day. <laughs> he's just like the poor the man. He doesn't smoke. 
but oh. he's addicted to root beer barrels. It's, it's like so grandpa weird. candy too. Not even like the chocolate candy, just like the gra- ah, I got some circus peanuts. And those like what are those those like licorice snaps <laughs> that just taste like poison? But you know, they were in grandma's candy dish because that's, right. that's what you had in the depression. You had poison candy. It's what we had and we liked it. <laughs> Nothing but pure strychnine in these things. <laughs> if, you, if you take it gradually, your body gets used to it. It's delicious. Yeah, thanks, Grandma. Chase it with yeah. arsenic. <laughs> Uh, what were we talking uh, about again? The twins? Uh, we were talking about the twins bullpen and we ended up. Well, oh, yeah. We, yeah. Um, let's, since they are unexpectedly in first place, um, let's give praise to Byron Buxton, who has, despite hitting 208, has been a monster and having a, apparently a knee that he has to get drained every three days, just like my dad. <laughs> it's, just, he is it's so weird wonderful. because he's. He's hitting 204 and he's still an amazing hitter. He is. Like, he's, what if he just got one more hit a week? Yeah. And I mean, things he will go on those streaks where he will like be like hit 700 for two weeks and that'll get his bad and average back to somewhat normal. And that's probably coming at some point. I would imagine he'll finish the year probably 240, 250 just because he's been low, so low for so long. But even with him being that low, his the power has been there all year um best center fielder in baseball um clearly the clubhouse loves i mean correa defers to him so i mean that's just what i mean what else could you want um he's been perfect correa has been rob deer (laughs) oh thank you for bringing up rob deer oh god the three true outcomes of milwaukee um correa has been great um, everything you could ask for from that sign-in. Um, Duran, we already talked about him. Um, gosh, um, oh, God, Arias is Rod Carew. Arias is awesome. He's I Arias so, so fun. very much. This is very true for me. I wish that I was a kid again, specifically so Luis Arias could be my favorite baseball player. Oh, Because he's so <laughs> awesome. Ten at-bats or uh, ten, ten pitches in every at-bat. Just drives pitchers yep. absolutely nuts. Goes to first base because they had nowhere else to put him and goes to the all-star game. I mean, what more can you fucking want, man? Imagine if I told you 15 years ago that eventually the position of first base for the Twins would be played by their normal starting second baseman because (laughs) he was the only guy who could hit well enough to play first base. I, I, I just... It's been very strange because it's always been like, well, I guess Miguel Sano can play first because he's lumbering. And now now they really have transitioned to just be like, listen, I don't care if he hits singles. At least he hits. Yeah. On base all the time. Just absolutely aggravates pitchers. It's he's he's perfect in every way. I love him so much. Um, It's like it's it's weird because it's like in our life in the last 20 years. I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know if this is backed up by the numbers, but it feels like players have finally, they're now fit enough so that if you're a good hitter, you also are in good enough shape to continue to play a position. Whereas like in the 1990s, if you're a good hitter after about three years of playing a position, they were like, eh, this guy's old and slow. Let's move him to DH where he doesn't have to run anymore. Like Edgar Martinez ran 15 steps his whole baseball career. He would just hit a double into the corner and walk around the base. All the time. Never ran. 
Never played the field. Just straight up BH his whole career. Literally, literally, they imploded the kingdom around him. Around, he's still there. He's yeah. still he's buried under underneath the tunnel. <laughs> it was really tragic. Seattle. I don't know why I brought it up. It's a real downer. He's like a, <laughs> he's like a he's like a golem. He's just buried under the <laughs> just buried under Ken the Phelps wandering the grounds, <laughs> <sighs> waiting for the earth to yeah. reanimate them. Waiting for Henry Cotto to come pick him up in his cab. <laughs> I don't, Man, I don't, I don't know that Henry Cotto has a cap. These are he great Seattle has. Mariners polls. Yeah. Ah, oh, God, there. That's three old Seattle Mariners discussed. So I think that's time to um, transition out of baseball. And I will ask which, you a question, John. Which podcast was it? What was it that you used to be on that had the Mariners fans? Oh, uh, TBTL. TBTL. We're we're honorary TBTL tonight. Yes. Does TBTL yes. do one and, episode every three months? And they are so goddamn happy because they the Mariners have won fourteen in a row. They <laughs> the Mariners haven't lost. The They're not going to lose for like three weeks because of the All Star break. That's bananas. And I could not name a Seattle Mariner except for the twenty one year old kid who's amazing. Yeah, Kyle Seager retired. So yeah, it's Julio. Let's say Rodriguez. I think it's Julio Rodriguez. Julio arise. <laughs> oh john uh you humor me so um <laughs> tell me what i need to know about the minnesota aurora john they never lose they never lose any games they play i it's it's amazing how well they've done this year just strictly speaking off the field they they obviously they had a great they had a great conception of what the team was from day one they they never it was never like a rich guy is starting a soccer team if you if you followed american soccer at any level for any length of time there's all of these teams that are either one year teams or just sort of vaporware like teams that are announced and never actually play any games it's just a consistent thing where some guy thinks all right i got to I got a half, I got a handshake deal to play soccer games in a baseball field. And we're going to do that. And maybe they'll, maybe they'll play. Maybe they won't, but odds are they won't play. It was never that with Minnesota or Aurora. It was just a bunch of people who were like, we should have a women's soccer team. I am tired of sitting around waiting for someone rich to do it. So we're going to get some people together and we're going to start a team. And they raised money from people just like you and me, Stu to start this team and they played in a league that honestly had near as I can tell had sort of an uneven commitment across the league when they first joined this league I I still think this is hilarious when they first joined this USLW league and they announced the USL the, the, the the organization that runs a lot of lower division soccer in America USL is going to have a women's league that is going to be sort of like the Northwoods league. It's a pre-professional league. I guess the big difference between something like the USLW league and the Northwoods league is the Northwoods league. Both of them have like college players and high school players, people who are keeping their amateur status, but there's 12 professional women's soccer teams in the country and there's 130 professional baseball teams or whatever. So when we're talking about the level of talent, it might still be that same sort of class of player, but it's certainly in some way that's going to be a higher level just because there's not that class of people who would be prospects in a baseball system are just looking for a place to play in women's soccer. So 
they, they started this team and they sold tickets. And I know from being a lower division soccer fan for a long time in Minnesota, it's not always a particularly popular thing there. Don't get me wrong. The, the previous soccer teams and other soccer teams have done really well for themselves, but there's, there's a level of doing well for yourself as a lower division soccer team. And then on a completely different plane is we're drawing 5,000 people a game for a team that didn't exist before this year. They're getting attention. They're getting there. And a lot of times it's been like, they're practically being covered on the same level as Minnesota United, which is it's insane to think that someone managed to start this team and got this to happen. So there's that whole, there's that whole backstory. There's that whole level. There's that whole excitement just from the fact that they did this and they started this team and they got it on the field and then they've won all of their games. They, their first game, they gave up a goal in the 90th minute to hated green Bay. I don't know. I I chose to hate green Bay more than anyone else for obvious reasons. And they got a tie in that game. And since then they've won every game they've played, including the playoffs Saturday, they play for the league championship. And like I say, the USLW league, when, when they announced it, it started with eight teams this year, they ended up playing with 44 teams. Like I said, I think there was an indifferent, there was a, there was a highly varied level of competition. There were all the way from like Minnesota or Aurora, which is obviously very well organized, getting players in from all over the place. And it was on down to the bottom where it was like me and you said, Hey, we should have a soccer team. I've got two people I know, and you've got three <laughs> and that's almost enough for half a team. And those teams didn't do so well, but I, it's an amazing, it's an amazing story for a lot of different reasons. And all you can say is you hope they win. And the other thing that I can't quite figure out is, if you have an undefeated season and win the league championship after drawing five or 6,000 people for every game you play, what do you do next year, Stu? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe go to a, a bigger stadium. <laughs> Where do you go from that? Yeah. Like, you know, there's a stadium in St. Paul that play, they play 17, 19 games a year there. Seems like that yeah. would be a good one for them. Yeah. Um, are other teams in the league experiencing this much of a, just a, I mean, uh, obviously not this type of success, but this type of like support from, um, the local city. I, I, I don't think so. I don't have the attendance numbers in front of me, but I seriously doubt if there's another team that's drawing this level. And so I mean, what it, what it says to me, I, and this is something I'm going to sound like Sid Hartman here, but I have always been very grumbly that Minnesota didn't have a team in the national women's soccer league. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the pro league. Minnesota yeah. should have a team in the NWSL. I, there have been maybe not specific opportunities, but in general, I would say there are opportunities because there are other teams like Angel City FT out in LA or San Diego Wave in San Diego. There are other teams that have been expansion teams that have come into the league that have done well, that have been, you know, some of, some of the teams in the league are affiliated with MLS teams. Some aren't, but there clearly have been expansion opportunities and that Minnesota hasn't taken one up has always been a, a a point of contention for me because I think this is a town that should have a team in every league. This is a team that has a history. There are very few teams. There are very few cities that support the wide range of teams that we have here as well as they get supported elsewhere. Even if you look at MLS, even if you look at soccer support, 
we're we're three years into Minnesota United having a new stadium. We're six years into Minnesota United having an MLS team. They still are filling that stadium every Saturday night. And that is not true across MLS. That is not true across League MX. That's not true across North American soccer. You go a lot of different places, a lot of places that theoretically would have a much larger base of soccer support places in Texas and Florida and even in California where the teams don't draw as well as Minnesota does here. And that goes across a lot of different sports. We have division one sports here. We have all of the major pro sports here. The Minnesota Lynx draw pretty well and have been very successful in a WNBA team. There's no reason that there shouldn't be a NWSL women's soccer team. Now, the thing I, I feel a little bit of trepidation saying that just because I know that this Minnesota, that the Minnesota Aurora have been so successful. And I don't want to just say, I don't want to, I don't want to cheapen that by saying, well, this is great, but why don't they become an NWSL team? I don't, I don't know what the finances look like that. I don't think that's possible. Obviously there's no mechanism to say, well, you win the W league, you get promoted to, <laughs> <laughs> you get promoted in NWSL, but like they're playing, they're playing South Georgia Tormenta in the finals. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know anything about that team, but I know that a team them. that's the, the, well, we hate them, okay. but Minnesota should beat that team. Minnesota should be competing with Kansas city and angel city and San Diego and all the other women's soccer teams. They should be taking on the Chicago red stars, not playing South Georgia Tormenta on Saturday night. That's just how I feel about it is time. I'm getting the corpse of Sid Hartman back. We're going to start, start this working. It's time for Minnesota to become major league. Wow. That was, that was stirring, John. That Thank was a you. lot. That was, was, it was a lot. You, you went for a good 10 minutes. Yeah, that was a good 40 there, minutes, 50 that. minutes. I'm exhausted. No, it's, it's sweating. Um, I'm going to let you rest here for a second and I'm oh, going good. to um, give you <laughs> And the audience, my top, um, top six songs off of Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Oh, man. Just six? Um, well, there's a, I believe there's 12 songs in the album. I'm giving you my top six okay. um, because it's the 35th anniversary of Appetite for Destruction's release. And um, a much more successful sports podcast does top five lists all the time. So I'm going to do the top six songs off of Appetite for Destruction because... We care just a little bit more. <clears throat> Are you ready, John? I'm ready. Let's do this. Number six, Paradise City. Wow. Number six for Paradise City. Number, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's got the air horn and the whistle and uh, the taking you down where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. But again, this is a stacked album. So I'm putting it at number six, John. All right. Um, number five is, is even more controversial. Number five is Welcome to the Jungle. No. Yes. There's there I I am having trouble believing already. I know it's hard to believe, list. but I mean this these these are the numbers, John. The numbers don't lie. There's and, no um, way. There's that is no where way. The opening track, the iconic lead riff. The Welcome to the Jungle, baby. You, you're gonna, you're gonna die. That, it's the first song on the album, Steve. Oh, I know. I'm very well There's aware. There's no way. What the propulsive drums of Stephen Adler. I, the adequate bass of Duff McKay. I want to look down this track listing. I am seeing 
Oh, nothing maybe. but bangers. That's what you're seeing is nothing maybe. but bangers, right? I'm, I'm seeing maybe one that could possibly go above it. So okay. I'm fascinated to see what comes next. Number four, Rocket Queen. All right. Underrated. It's the album closer. I think if they had released it as a single, it would have been another just KQRS staple. It's, it's just, just a great song. Revisit that one if you haven't heard it. It's the only one of the six that isn't on the radio all the fucking time. So Rocket Queen, number four. That's number three. I... Number three. It's so easy. Oh, you're crazy. I, I know. I, I don't endorse the message of the song. Its lyrics are very problematic in the year 2022. But okay, it pretty much just, I, it, it that goes for so Guns and Roses. That it's goes so for good. most of 80s hair metal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't remember. Maybe you can tell me, but did Rat have any songs about global warming? I don't um, think, I don't think Rat had any songs about, well, Way Cool Jr. may have been about global Kool-Aid, which is some <laughs> prank ideas in certain corners of the internet, but I Just don't saying, you don't, think you're that's not gonna what find it was a lot about. Of, you're not going to find a lot of woke hair metal. Hair, no, hair it's, metal it's, it, yeah, I mean, although Sebastian Bach actually has um, sort of done that. He does a lot of fundraisers for like uh, Planned Parenthood and stuff like that on his Instagram. I'm not kidding about any of this, but I, why would I lie? I have, no, I have no motivation to lie about Sebastian Bach in the year 2000. Sebastian Bach has gotten a lot of mentions on this podcast, and I can't remember what, which hockey player is his brother. Oh, I didn't know he had a brother who was a hockey player. We got to look this up. We've definitely mentioned it on the podcast before, and I definitely wow. can't remember who it is. I, yeah, I, I definitely. That was one of the episodes where I was asleep, which is <laughs> that was most about sixty percent of them. But yeah. you know, that's because I had kids in dance and basketball. So, um, number two, Mister Brownstone, just. What a, I mean, just, I mean, I can't say enough about how much that song goes. It's just, man, it's good. I mean, it's about heroin, but I mean, there's a lot of good rock and roll songs about heroin. Again, don't do heroin, kids. Just, just don't. I mean, it sounds cool. And the guitar riff is awesome, but don't do it. Just, just don't. Um, and number one, way, I just uh, want to say before you get to number everyone one. knows it's Sweet Child of Mine. That's number one. It's a wedding song. It's, you know, it's, it's there for a reason. <laughs> there is a man who grew up west of the Twin Cities right there. Mm-hmm. What was your first dance? That sweet child of mine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah it, it, come on. I mean, I had no choice. I started with that at one and then built the rest of the list from there. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to I just want to say that current former Tampa Bay Lightning, Minnesota Wild, and Phoenix Coyotes goaltender and current Ottawa Senators goaltending coach, Zach Bierk, is Sebastian Brock's brother. Who knew? Uh, I think it might have been... It, it probably wasn't Brandon, so I've got to say it was Chicken. Yeah, Chicken would know. I mean, that just makes sense for him to know that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, probably, that's... Um, he probably knows Sebastian Bach personally, honestly. He probably does. They probably, if any like, of us do... It's they were in like chicken. a broomball league together. <laughs> just, and that's how he gets all that inside info on like the Atlanta Thrashers or something. I mean, that's just, it's the only thing that makes sense. But we finally, we finally figured this out. <laughs> Where does he get all of his intel from? The W oh. Mark felt of Chicken Fingers life is Sebastian <laughs> Bach. Oh, gosh. Um, 
there. Well, now that I've uh, gotten off on my uh, riff, we'll let John take over the room again. Um, John, what's with this Rudy Gobert business? What is with this Rudy Gobert business? That was the day they traded for Rudy Gobert, which was now four months ago. I, yeah. I can't even I can't even quite remember. But they had an entire playoff run since our <laughs> since our last podcast. The day, good God, the day oh. of that Rudy Gobert trade was one of the more amazing Minnesota sports fans texting each other days that I can remember. Oh yeah, because. It was, it was, it was so the information was just coming out in sort of dribs and drabs and people were reacting to it real time. I had like four different group chats, all of which were talking about this as it came in. And it was like, it started with the Timberwolves have traded for Rudy Gobert, which is mind blowing just on the face of it, mm-hmm. partially because the Timberwolves have the third team all NBA center from this year. And now I've traded for the first team all NBA center this year. And you just have to ask yourself, is it 1988 again? Are we going twin towers with this Ralph Sampson and Akeem Olajuwon and Gobert and cat are going to be the new twin towers. I mean, just for the posters in the bedrooms of Minnesota school children, I hope that they do have a twin towers poster, but Never forget. It's just it's it's funny to me that the Timberwolves have now. It was funny enough to start with that the Timberwolves have now accumulated the two whiniest big men in the NBA (laughs) and put them on the same court. Can you imagine the level of technical fouls that the Timberwolves are going to accumulate next year? So much complaining. So much complaining. Just two dudes who get fouled all the time because they're huge and just cannot. Ab- absolutely cannot play through it. They it's just do not. It's have also hard to argue that it did not improve the team quite a bit, right? At least in the regular season. I mean, well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, John. The um, the uh, critical game against Memphis when um, um, Ja tricked and basically just faked out um, um, Ant and right. got to the basket and scored. If Rudy Gobert is there. He blocks that shot. It doesn't happen. And the Wolves maybe steal another game in that playoff series. So you can think of it like an actual spot where having Rudy Gobert would have really helped that team. And they didn't give up anyone, at least on on the active roster that we're going to miss besides Pat Bev, who we all love. But that's mostly for non-basketball reasons. (laughs) But you do have to say it is, again, amazing that Mm -hmm. the Timberwolves had an all-NBA third-team seven foot player and the main takeaway from this Rudy Gobert trade was finally they have somebody who can rebound and protect the rim correct um but I mean cats at his best shooting threes I mean there's no real you know that's it's it's weird that the best three-point shooter in the league is seven feet tall but it's true um and obviously um the the other half of the Gobert thing is all of the draft picks yeah, I mean that that was a particularly the exciting part of the day. First, first they traded for Rudy Gobert. That was news number one, and everyone reacted to that. Then they said, "All right, they're giving up Pat Bev, and they're giving up Vando." Which, as much as we love Vando, it does make sense that if you have Rudy Gobert, you don't really have a need for oh. another guy who doesn't shoot much and rebounds a ton, but who also happens to be the skinniest player in the league. They gave up 
Trevor Winter. No, that's not his name. <laughs> no, um, Blocker. Paul Vandenangi. <laughs> Steve Langenfelter. Blocker. I, I, I can name Blocker them all day, Brewer? man. No, that's Randy Brewer. Blocker yeah. Kessler. They gave up the guy they had just <laughs> yes. drafted. The tall guy. The tall Who else guy. did they give up? Uh, Leandro Bolmaro was in the trade. Yeah. And one other guy. One other Who's guy. the other guy? It's, Doesn't matter. Unimportant. But it was the, Somebody the who draft picks, year. and yes, yeah. that is a. I mean, apparently pissed off the rest of the NBA too because it fucked the market. Because <laughs> now everybody wants three number ones unprotected or whatever. It was just. It was the amazing thing. That was the part that really got everybody. It was just the news came out and they said they gave up their first round pick in the following years, and the list just kept going. Mm-hmm. And then it ended with, oh, yeah, and there's a pick swap in one of those years, too. Mm-hmm. And the only reason there was a pick swap instead of giving up the pick is you literally can't trade that pick because you can't trade your first round pick in consecutive years. That's the rule. Yes. And they gave them unprotected, four unprotected mm-hmm. first round picks. Yep. That's unreal. It is unreal. Literally. Um, I mean, Rudy Gobert is a fine player and we all yes. like Rudy Gobert, but. I just, I never imagined that the Timberwolves look around and go, you know, you know what I think, you know, who I think is worth mortgaging the next 10 years of the franchise. Cause if this doesn't work out and Rudy Gobert is over 30 and he's a seven foot tall human being, he could get hurt pretty easily. And if he they, does, they all they're do. screwed. They're yeah, done. They for. all do. If this um, doesn't work out, they're done for because all of those picks are gone. It doesn't matter if three of them are for, out of the first overall pick. They're gone. Yeah. The, There's uh, no chance. They've, 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 they've mortgaged any chance to rebuild any if anything goes wrong, which, as I mentioned, it could easily go wrong because this is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, I disagree with that somewhat because if it does go completely to shit in the next year or two, they can move Towns and Edwards for a significant amount of picks those are two at least in my opinion they can that would be maybe so towns definitely ant i think ant could like bring in like a ton of if it again if everything just falls flat on its face in the next but i years. mean but again i guarantee that what was we're basically saying that if they got to blow it up they have yeah. the assets to do the rebuild it's the, i mean that's like saying we're playing poker and i know you've put all of your money into this poker pot but if you do lose it, it's okay because you can just sell your house and put that on yep. the next one. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not a good situation. Yeah. But they will be able to get, I mean, that was the thing. It's like, well, look, we'll have a first round pick. Yeah, you'll have a first. If, if all goes horribly, you will get first round picks back because you're going to have to sell everybody off. I mean, it's going to suck. You're going to be right back where the Timberwolves usually are. But that's, I mean, you know. Honestly, at the least thing they're, that, fucking in, they're interesting. This is like a Bill Garrett. We mentioned this in the supportive yeah. group chat. This is a Bill Garrett type of move. Absolutely. Just, these are brass ones. This is thinking you can get guys in the second round, which he did. He got he got Jokic in Denver. So I mean, he's confident in himself and what he's doing. And yeah, but that's not like saying, "Oh my gosh, we have." identified this source of talent that nobody else understands. I know. We have a competitive advantage. You just, you spent a pick on a seven foot tall European guy that turned out to be amazing. That's mm-hmm. not the, a lot of teams have done a lot of this without a working. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, some competitive advantage that he, he believes in himself. John, I believe is what we're seeing. Here. Um, 
I've, I've forgotten the name of the Timberwolves GM already. But yeah. the the particularly, I haven't seen like you know the oral history, the the TikTok of the whole trade going down yet. And I cannot wait. I absolutely cannot wait for that piece. I'm sure it'll be in the Athletic where they write about how this all came together because I want to know, I am desperate to know what it is that Utah asked for that Tim Connolly was like, whoa, 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 that is a bridge too far. <laughs> I, I just can't in good conscience do that where they're like, well, we got to back off and uh, I guess we'll take only four first round picks in a pick swap in addition to half your team. That I guess is okay for us. We can do that. It's a wrench. It is, it's tough for us. It is. I just, I don't know how we'll survive only getting four first round picks and four players for this. I guess we'll survive. It's tough, but we'll do it. Send us the paperwork. (laughs) And can you imagine, can you imagine right now being in charge of the Utah jazz and knowing that the only thing it'll take for your team to be amazing is for the Minnesota Timberwolves, the most historically bereft franchise in all of professional sports to have something go wrong. (laughs) That's all it'll take. That's all. Yeah. It's I, you know what, John, there's a phrase for um, um, being um, um, disappointed with something that hasn't happened yet. You know what that is, John? Well, I I've heard that somebody invented it this week. Um, yeah, um, apparently, um, alleged, maybe probably no longer friend of the podcast, Aaron Gleeman, um, said he came up with the term pre-miserable on the Gleeman and the, on the, on the Grick, Gleeman and the Gork, God, one of those things. But Gleeman it's a, and the it's Gord. A, it's a podcast about cats and baseball, I think, mostly cats, though. And gambling. And gambling and where John likes to go drink IPAs. Um, <laughs> Which is and, everywhere, by the way. I have a documentary proof. Um, I tweeted on October 3rd, 2017, I am pre-miserable, hashtag twins. Mm-hmm. So I assume the twins were playing the Yankees in a playoff game. Um, so, yeah, and um, we've there talked- you have it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered. And it's been every episode this podcast many times. Many we talk times. about being we've talked about being pre-furious so often that my my wife who does not listen to the podcast 
when I am speculating on something that will go wrong, will say to me, this is not sports related, speculating on anything that will go wrong. She'll be like, all right, don't be pre-furious about this. That's how, at least at our house, buried in the lexicon this is. So I'm, I don't know what to do. It hurts because, I mean, he's been a supporter of the sportive. He's, I think he might still listen to our quarterly episodes. <laughs> he, he might be one of like six people who do. Yeah. Although but he's, it, that's he's why it pretty hurts. big time now. It hurts. I mean, if Joe Schmidt had done this, I wouldn't care. <laughs> but, I mean, Aaron's our friend. At least, you know, we thought he was our friend. Does that mean but, we're going to forgive him? Um, do you think he'll apologize? I don't think he'll apologize, but sometimes you got to forgive people even if they don't apologize. I know. It's, yeah, it's trying to, you, we try to be the bigger, I mean, the sport is all about being the better person. Right. It's a, it's it's a about, podcast. It's a podcast about bettering yourself. Yeah. It was about being humble, mm-hmm. extending grace. Nose um, to the grindstone. Nose to the grindstone. Just, you know, given 110% every day. Mm-hmm. And it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm still processing. I found this out like a half hour before the show. So I'm still, I'm reeling. I, it's, I'm amazed that I've been able to like be the de facto host of this stupid thing just because, <laughs> I mean, the, the wound is fresh. Um, the trauma, you mean, you know, you got to work on fixing yourself, John. That's right. It starts from within. Oh, you exactly. Look inside and, yourself. Yeah. You have to, I mean, you don't have to forget necessarily, but you do have to forgive. That's right. But it's, it's not, but it's not easy. Anyone who says it's easy, I mean, those people are wrong. It's not. It really hurts. Um, speaking of hurting, Russian prisons are allegedly very difficult <laughs> to exist in. Famous. Sounds like um, the best player on the Minnesota Wild might be in the one from Stranger Things. Um, can you elaborate on any of this, John? It's very troubling, the reports that I'm getting from my sources out of, our, well, out of Russia. At the, at the beginning of the offseason, pretty much every GM in the NHL said the same thing to any of their guys that were from Russia. Mm-hmm. And they said, listen, I can't stop you from going back to Russia this offseason. I shouldn't be able to stop you from going back to Russia this offseason. I shouldn't have that power. You can do whatever you want, but I'm asking you now, please don't go back to Russia this offseason. And apparently there's a Flyers goaltending prospect who's in a work camp in Siberia or something at this point. I don't I don't know how reliable any of this information is, but you know it's bad that when any team official is asked to comment, they all say some version of, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to make this any worse. And reading between the lines that's like okay this is this is bad and there was a story i didn't i didn't understand this story particularly there was a story that kaprizov managed to get out of russia and go to dubai where he tried to fly to the caribbean i guess on the theory that the caribbean is closer to the united states than dubai or russia is true but somehow i don't know if it was uh I don't know how visas work. I'm going to be, I'm going to just be straight with you and mm-hmm. say, I don't understand how visas work, but for whatever reason, he couldn't get out of Dubai and go anywhere. And so he had to go back to Russia because why he couldn't stay in Dubai. I don't know. Dubai doesn't have rules. No, he would have probably had to work on a soccer stadium. Or I was going to say and, but, and, and die in 125 degree Fahrenheit heat while pouring concrete. 
but <laughs> we really are tarring all these emirates with the same brush here um that's fine that's fine with me too um so he's back in russia people aren't totally sure where he's back in russia there's some chance there seems to be some chance that a lot of these guys are going to be offered the choice of going into the military or maybe playing for the red army team again and i don't know if it's 1984 or what's happening here but it Kaprizov apparently has to do his military service, but has not yet because he's technically a student, which doesn't sound right to me, but I'm not in charge of these things. But he can't get out of Russia. He might not be able to get out of Russia. I don't know. It, this, this feels a lot like last year where they were trying to sign him to an extension and nobody knew whether he was going to sign an extension and it got to the point where if even if he signed his extension, he hadn't been vaccinated yet. So he had to get a vaccine and he was going to be late to training camp. And then it was just this great thing where everyone was like, everyone was pissed at Kaprizov for missing the start of training camp. And people were getting mad at him and people were starting to turn on him. And then he, they announced he signed his extension. But not only that, he had come to the United States early to get vaccinated so that he could be ready for the start of training camp. And it was like a switch flip. <laughs> and it was everybody's favorite again that he had planned ahead and gotten all this stuff done. So my hope, my hope is that right now, Kirill Kaprizov is actually in somebody's basement in a diner or something like that. We don't know that for a fact. <laughs> the one that Dustin Bufflin was in when he played for Thief River Falls. <laughs> Did I get yes. the I hope I got that reference right because yes, I think he played okay. for Warroad, but I Warroad, you're right. God damn it, it was Warroad. Yep. God, I'm so happy that I remembered that. I yes. made you smile. I saw you Big smile. Buff. Oh man. God. You remember, I mean, Big Buff was one of those guys. He wasn't really a Minnesotan, and he would just absolutely destroy the wild. But mm. then he would do something like there would be a scrum and he would just pick two guys up out of the scrum and throw them out. Like he was a dad separating seven-year-olds who were fighting. <laughs> it was just like, man, it's hard to be mad at this guy. No. Oh, speaking of being mad at this guy, Mark Andre Fleury, your thoughts. <laughs> Here's, I mean, we were just giving Bill Guerin credit for making ballsy decisions, but I got to say, he signed they signed Mike Andre Fleury. They already had Cam Talbot under contract, and everyone looked at it and said, This is probably a good idea. Cam Talbot is in his mid-30s. Mark Andre Fleury is in his mid-50s. <laughs> Obviously, neither of these guys is really going to play a full 82-game schedule. What a good thing it would be for the wild if they could both play exactly 41 games. That would be perfect. And then whoever's playing the best, Flurry didn't have a great year last year. Obviously, he wasn't good in the playoffs. Talbot was pretty good down the stretch, didn't get much of a chance in the playoffs, wasn't happy about it. This is, this is a good problem to have. This is a good problem to have a goaltender. You've got a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer. You've got Talbot, who has been an average goaltender, but that's been a huge upgrade for the Wild from Devin Dubnik. Just to get to average goaltending, you've got a guy who's on the downside of his career in Flurry. You've got Talbot who's been average, putting them together. This is not a bad situation for the Wild to be in. But Talbot wasn't happy. And <laughs> there, was, there was a great moment where Talbot's agent was like, well, Billy's got a lot to think about. And <laughs> Garen said publicly, I don't have to think about. I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to think about crap. I don't have to think about 
the you know which which word goes in there and number one to just give that public quote very endearing but then two days later he decided you know what i don't want unhappy people around here and he traded talbot and now the wild have the 64 year old mark andre Fleury as their main goaltender didn't have a good year last year didn't have a good playoffs last year there's uh, goaltending is voodoo but there's not a lot of history of guys who have an off year when they're picking up aarp checks and then coming back the next year and being like <laughs> actually this is yeah i'm awesome again and behind him i they've they've now got this guy they traded for from the senators they traded talbot to ottawa and got philip gavin uh, phillips philip phillips <laughs> I don't know. Philip Gustafson? I think that's the Croatian name. cannon. Yeah, the Croatian cannon. He's he's he didn't have a good year last year, partially because he played in Ottawa, but even playing in Ottawa, not a great goaltender, young, probably worse than Capo Kakinen, who they traded last year and got rid of. Not you don't really look at the Wilds goaltending prospects, whether it's Hunter Jones or this um jasper walmart that they drafted last year who's going to be 19 uh neither of them is really ready and so in in sort of the same way that the wolves are in trouble if a over 30 rudy gobert goes down the wild are in real trouble if mark andre fleury who as i mentioned is nearing 40 Mm -hmm. if mark andre fleury gets hurt which could happen they're in real trouble between the pipes um but they've got a lot of cap space to sign free agents right (laughs) Uh, we don't talk about that so much when we're talking about how great bill garen is (laughs) i mean (laughs) not his fault but he inherited that certainly it's certainly something that probably had to be done but also a problem that garen caused for himself Mm -hmm. just basically near as i can figure they obviously wanted to change the culture they wanted to get rid of ryan Suter, which was important to everyone and yeah. Zach Parisi wasn't doing him any favors either. And they wanted both of them to move out and move on to the next era. Obviously they worked out. They had the best season in franchise history last year, even if they lost in the first round of the playoffs again. So in that sense, you have to say it worked out, but a big reason for it was as these guys started to lose their ice time, if either of them retired, they were going to blow an even bigger hole in the wilds budget just from the NHL's stupid cap recapture rules that they make up as they go along. And so it really was, it really felt to me like Garen had a choice between I'm taking the cost certainty of having a horrible drag on our budget for $12 million a year by getting rid of these guys, or I've got to keep these two jerks happy so that they don't retire and blow an even bigger hole right through the salary cap because 12 million, the $12 million penalty or whatever they have this year, is bad. It's making it very hard for them. They had to trade Kevin Fiala because of it. And Fiala scored 30 goals last year, and we don't have a lot of 30 goal scorers here in Minnesota. We never have. So that that sucks. He, he, he basically guaranteed that he was going to lose Fiala just to get rid of Parisian Suter. So it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough just from, just from the fact that he took that rather than I would rather lose Fiala than be in a situation where we have to appeal to the NHL because we literally can't field a hockey team this year <laughs> because the cap recapture penalties are so terrible 
that we have to negotiate in some way to spread these things out so that we can feel the hockey team in 2024, 25 or whatever year that would be. Good God. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I forget who it was that retired. I think it was Duncan Keith. And theoretically, that should have given his team, because of how the retirement went down, it should have given one team a bonus on the salary cap, which the NHL just said, actually, we're not going to do that. We're <laughs> making up this rules. Of, this rule that we told you was going to happen, not going to happen anymore. So the fact that the Wild had to act as if these rules were real and problematic, which I want to, I want to stress that these rules were enacted after they signed Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter, that they couldn't have known about the potential for these cap recapture penalties because they literally didn't exist when they signed those contracts. The fact that they had to do to make this team hampering move because these rules that didn't exist when they signed the contracts are now in place and they had to act as if they would continue to be in place, even though the NHL has repeatedly changed the rules that they themselves made I guess what I'm saying is put Gary Bettman in a metal Oscar the Grouch garbage can and push him down some stairs. John, I, I totally agree with that rant. Yeah. And um, I endorse it 100%. This, this really has been one hour of me just ranting. No, I, I got in my Guns and Roses thing. It's been... just nothing but a straight rant. These things have been building up over no, the last obviously. three months. And I've I mean, been, I, mean, I work from you home. literally I'm are just my getting warmed up. You're literally on the runway right now because I'm about to say two words and I'm going to ask for your thoughts. Heath out. <laughs> I, you know, the Heath out people, I, I love them because the thing that I've always wanted for Minnesota United is for them to just be a regular Minnesota sports team. People, it, it for so long they were a second division team and they didn't know if you'd survive and then they were playing in TCF Bank Stadium they weren't very good for them to get to the point now where everybody loves this team and I'm specifically talking about the crazy people on social media because that's really the only this is where the people gather to get angry about this but when they win everybody's thrilled when they lose people want Adrian Heath thrown in prison the and garments are being rended at all times. Rended at all times. They're on tilt all the time. And just from, from being a Vikings fan, from being a Twins fan, Timberwolves fans are sort of bereft all the time. So maybe not so much Timberwolves mm-hmm. fan. Wild fans are just happy most of the time because, you know, hockey and whatever. And yeah. we still remember. You live in, you live in Woodbury. What, what's, what, right. You have no problem. What do you, you have to complain Woodbury, about? You're fine. You got, no, you got no worries. You got a Kowalski's right there. You're good. Shut up. <laughs> There's a Kowalski's in your base. Drive your Tahoe to the Kowalski's. Drive your Tahoe to this fucking hockey game. You're fine. Just drive your Tahoe and just be quiet. As, as just an aside, I have a friend who lives in Woodbury, but somehow is in the Stillwater School District. How is that possible? Woodbury is well, an enormous an enormous district with like 12 high schools. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think there's two. I think but it's still. because of the proximity, you know how Maplewood is shaped so fucking weird. So 3M yes. only has to pay $7 in taxes every year. <laughs> I think that warps like some of the boundaries around there. It's, so you can like get into like, you know, the freight house if you're in high school in Woodbury for, you know, and you get like some, some to do gold, with, golden drafts on the July Something to do with the rich weirdos in Lake Elmo who don't want their kids dealing with the what the, the fuck is up with lake elmo has anyone ever talked about that it really I, is 
it, it makes Lake Elmo makes no sense. No, nope. it's about time somebody said it. You're not going to hear this on Derusha's show on WCCO. He has to like be nice to people. You're not going to hear this on Gleeman and the Gelb because they there's no breweries in Lake Elmo or cats. You're going to hear it on the Sported Podcast. What the fuck is up with Lake Elmo? If anyone understands what's up with Lake Elmo, let us know because we don't know. And we're, a, we're sick of it. We're mad about it. It's a township for rich horse weirdos. I think, yes, that, I mean, but it doesn't make sense. It's, it, you get on that side of, of, of 94 and it's just like oats. Yeah. There's a bunch you of on, oats. <laughs> you go on 94, you go south, you're in Woodbury. Everything's Yeah, a bunch of there. stuff. You recognize this. You recognize yes. what's going on. You go north of 94, you're off in, it's a different vortex. It's a vortex. Is, there, a is that a friendly moose? World. That looks like a friendly Louisville, moose. Kentucky. It's what a portal to Louisville. That's the mayor. That's the mayor. Jake the Moose, the mayor of Lake Elbow. Yes. <laughs> All the animals talk on that side of 94. It's, <laughs> I, that's, I it's so fucked up. No one talks about it because nobody knows what's up with Lake Elmo. If it's but they're, they're not, not happy and go lucky. They got Italian accents and they're in the mob. I know. I don't. No one gets it. I yeah. No this is so yeah. Um, um, in September when we record again, we are absolutely going to see if we've um, found anything else out about this hot button topic. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, getting um, back United. to the point. So. The, the, you know, Kimberwolves fans, Wild fans, they're sort of a different mm-hmm. breed. But Twins and Vikings fans, I understand intimately. They are angry. They are angry people. Every time the Twins bullpen blows something, you have a cadre of people who are ready, indeed willing, indeed potentially engaging in this at the time, to march to Rocco Baldelli's house and make a citizen's arrest. Every time. <laughs> when the Vikings... When the Vikings win, not even when they lose, but when they win, you've got people who are ready to take Kirk Cousins down, man. Just take (laughs) him down. And so the people who are constantly ready to take Adrian Heath out, Mm -hmm. they might be crazy. They might be overreacting, but I love them. I'm glad they're here (laughs) because... The one thing Minnesota United needs is people who are nuts, who are completely yes. nuts. Those are my people. Those are the Vikings fans, the Twins fans that understand how Minnesota sports fandom goes. So, Heath out, people. Thank you. Thank you for being insane <laughs> about the Loons. Because mm-hmm. where are they better, sitting in? Where are they sitting in the MLS table right now? Uh, they are fourth in the West. Fourth oh, in the West. That's not terrible. West. Yeah, they, I again, it, Adrian Heath is a genius, mm-hmm. apparently, because they had a couple of terrible losses coming out of the international break. And he was saying stuff like, I think we're close to being a very, very good team. And everyone was crazy about it. And now they've won four out of five. The other one was kind of disappointing. They very easily could have won five out of five. Mm-hmm. Just shot up the table like a rocket. Last mm-hmm. night, they beat a Premier League team four to nothing. And I want to stress two things here. Number one, it wasn't like Everton was starting a bunch of 14-year-olds out of their academy. This was most of Everton's players. And number two, you can look at the goals. There was a penalty. There was an own goal. You look and say, well, how this stuff happens sometimes in soccer. 
But Minnesota was good. Minnesota controlled a lot of that game. And even in the second half, when both of the teams put in like their second string, Minnesota's second string controlled the second half against Everton, a Premier League team. I can't believe it. I couldn't. It was just a smile on my face the whole night, just laughing at how stupid this was. And like I say, it doesn't matter in the standings. It doesn't matter. It doesn't prove anything about Minnesota. They'll probably have a disappointing 1-1 draw with Houston on Saturday. It, It doesn't prove anything. It's not something about the growth of the game. You can't make any points like that or anything. It just was a joyful, delightful night. It was a night for delight. And <laughs> it, it, was, it was just fun. It was just fun to see. Oh, well, that's just, that's, I, that was my request for a loon status report. And, and you gave it. I can't, um, I can't believe you managed to set me up for a Minnesota Aurora bit, a uh, Minnesota United FC bit. A long soliloquy about the Minnesota Wild. I mentioned Capri capture penalties, and you didn't die of boredom. No. This is this has been a solid performance out of you, Stu. Anybody, listeners, you, I appreciate you listening to me blather. But oh, Stu is looking me right here on Zoom, and has looked at me the whole time. He's not vacuuming his living room or anything right now. He's just he's stuck through it the whole time. And I just got to say, I appreciate you, Stu. I appreciate anyone who's still listening to this. I appreciate anyone who's honestly anyone who remembers that we exist. Yeah. Thank anyone who still you. had this podcast in their subscription mm-hmm. feed, you got to give them you. credit. They stuck with it. Um, which Wade, it's good us, to see you. Oh, yeah. We have one more topic sports wise. Um, we're like a week out from Vikings training camp. Oh my God. I am not emotionally prepared. I'm not ready. For this just tidal wave of mediocrity to break What's over the happen? shore. What's going to happen this year, Stu? I don't know. It's, I mean, they've got a whole new regime and they set themselves apart from the previous regime by doing the same thing the previous regime did. Committing to Kirk Cousins, not really making any other big splashy moves, drafting some guys. That's what Spielman did and I I assume Kevin O'Connell will eventually get into like a weird passive aggressive pissing match with Kirk Cousins because mm-hmm. that's what the coaches do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I I do know that we don't if the defense sucks, we can actually say the defense sucks because no one thinks Kevin O'Connell is a defensive genius. So that's, I'm not I'm not totally sure Kevin O'Connell knows that he has to be in charge of the defense. Yeah, well, <laughs> is that different from Zimmer in any way? <laughs> Sorry. Like a week before the season, he's like going to be thirty first and twenty eighth the last two years. Jesus, I, I've what never, I've never looked. Fire. We're all bitching about Kirk Cousins and the defense could not stop the run for two two years straight. Just that might have been a problem. Might have been a problem. <laughs> oh, so, and I, I don't know that they're improved that much. They've got that one guy from Green Bay. Let's say uh, Zedarius. I don't know. Reggie White. Yes. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Hell of, that'd be a hell of a story. Rand should talk <laughs> about that on Daily Delivery. <laughs> the Vikings signed a dead man. Um, yeah, I just, it just feels like another seven and nine coming right down the tracks. And I mean, I know there's like 17 teams in the playoffs now, so that might get them a wild card game. But all right. I'm going to give you a choice between two things here, Stewie. You can pick either one. Either one of them is a legitimate choice. Number one, 
the Vikings go eight and nine or seven and 10 this year, but have a chance down the stretch to maybe sneak into a playoff spot, you know, three games to go and it's not yep. mathematically impossible. That's, that's option one. That's door number mm-hmm. one. Door number two is that the Vikings go exactly three and 14 and the local media starts referring to Kevin O'Connell as Kevin O'Steckel. <laughs> that's the option um, door number one door number two which would you rather see i'm i can't quite decide i think i would go for the mediocrity because if it is three and 14 that might lead jefferson to demand a trade mm, mm, good point. and whereas if it's mediocre the cousins will take the lion's share of the blame and Moving on from Cousins will maybe help them convince Jefferson to stay here long term. Mm. Although I like how you played his, this his contract is going to be so prohibitively expensive, they may look to move on from him regardless of what happens, just to get a boatload of picks. That was such an amazing development over like the last, really like the last eight months. Yes. All of a sudden, it went from it. It really went from like running backs are the thing that is important in football. Mm-hmm. And wide receivers are completely replaceable. And mm-hmm. then they, you know, after the age of like Terrell Davis getting 75,000 carries a year for the Broncos or whatever, <laughs> it really dropped down to uh, like running backs are replaceable and also receivers are replaceable. And the only thing that's important is quarterbacks and left tackles and like defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. That's like the people that are the most important. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it just shot up and wide receivers are now the highest paid players in the game. Not wrong, it's, not it, incorrect, but it's just, it's weird to think it would be like if all of a sudden somebody was like, actually the most important player uh, in a, on a baseball team is the left fielder. You have to have an all-star left fielder. You're just not going to win baseball games. You're not wrong. That's a great place to get a lot of hitting. Mm-hmm. It's an important defensive position if maybe not the most important defensive position, but at the same time, just a total change in how you think about things. And it's the same for wide receiver. Like Justin Jefferson is going to be the highest played player on the Vikings, assuming that Kirk Cousins hasn't reworked his deal into Bobby Bonilla's contract. And, <laughs> which he might. Which he might have to in order for them to afford Justin Jefferson. It's just, it's, it's a strange new world. And I hope they keep Justin Jefferson because he's awesome. I do too. He's fun. He's talented to sell. And I mean, it would be nice to, have nice things, John. I I would that's like my, to have nice things. That's my own personal opinion. But I will say that if it happens, I'll be delighted to call people Kevin O'Steckel. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Then, then Gleeman can say he invented it. So. <laughs> if it's a choice Sorry, between Aaron. five, if it's a choice between five and twelve, or three and fourteen, I'd rather have three and fourteen yeah. just for the last Steckel comparisons. Yeah, and just. We haven't had a, comp- I mean, when was the last absolute just shit year? Was it, st- I mean, Steckle's the one that was uh, like, that really stands out. That was three and 13. The one that I didn't think of Les Frazier's last year. Was it like five and 11? There, there was that one that ended with Spurgeon win at quarterback. That was pretty bad. Oh, yeah. That was the year Denny quit, right? Yeah. But they all, I mean, they always end up drafting like seventh or eighth in those years. There's never a complete yeah, right. flame out top three pick year. So. Was it honestly 83, 84? Mm-hmm. The last time they were truly garbage? Yes. Like top three pick, horrible, Detroit Lions-esque. 
they usually they were, stumble their way into the middle somehow. They were they were three and thirteen in Frazier's first full season, which okay. is confusing. Okay. Um. So that was that's right. Bad. That's right. And they were five and they were five ten and one a couple years after that. Yes. Which is not good, but not historic. No. Yeah. There's they other than that three and thirteen season, they hadn't really been worse than five and five and fifteen and since the Steckel year in eighty four. Man. And there weren't a what? lot of fives. There there aren't a lot of fives here either. No. There's a lot of you know, ten, eleven, seven, eight. Yeah, that's they are consistent in in the pain that they cause and in the records they post. Was two thousand one Spurgeon win year? We gotta check oh. now. Hold on. Oh yeah. I'm just clicking on stuff. Spurge. Real time. Yep, that was his Spurgeon win year, all right. Hell yeah. Spurge, oh, old Spurge started two games and your guy Todd Bauman started three. Ah, oh, the legend of Ruthden. Uh, oh, so and Mitch and Mitch Berger threw a pass that year on purpose. Well, and someone actually is going to remember that, and like, like someone's going to like tweet at us or something. And it wave. wasn't a it wasn't a completed pass. I'll tell you that it was right like right. probably a botched snap on a punt, and he like right. just heaved it. He had a quarterback. Now he, didn't see, now he probably chucked it. I don't think he heaved it. If I had to guess. He had a quarterback rating of 39.6 that year. I'll tell you that. Right so now. better than Spurge. Better than Spurge. And uh, you, you're you trying to be funny, but it actually was a point better than Spurge. Oh, yeah. I'm certain. Of <laughs> course. One pass, we all saw the pass, games. It was... We all saw him try. He tried so hard. Not be bad. One pass. Bad. It wasn't completed. And he finished <sighs> with a quarterback rating that was a point better than Spurge. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's a great stat. Oh, this has been... Kicker. Thank you, ProFootballReference.com. Yes. This that's aside, because delightful. it's totally worth it. God, I'm so happy that I know that now. Um, uh, oh, Christ. Okay, well, it's 10 o'clock, John. Yeah. Um, any personal life stuff? Any kid stuff? Family stuff? Mm, it's, I mean, it's summer, which is always busy, but the kids are still young enough that it's not like proxy busy. Hmm. We, you like, know, they've, they've got a few activities, but it's not like we're spending the whole summer driving them to, to, from camp to practice and back to camp and whatever. So yeah, my daughter's going to a day camp next week and she's, oh, she's had a couple of summer days. activities. I will, I will say, you remember when you and I were kids too, so yes. those many years ago, they didn't have summer rec for three-year-olds no. back then. It didn't exist, but yeah. now in this godless modern age they do and so my son who just turned three in june um we signed him up for soccer this summer because we thought he loves running around he loves kicking a ball he likes he sort of likes watching soccer with me although he usually wants to see race cars rather than Mm -hmm. rather than soccer so we thought oh we'll sign him up for soccer he'll have a good time well what i what i learned sort of after we signed him up for this was it's not just we dropped a bunch of three-year-olds on some unsuspecting teenager. A parent is supposed to be out there helping these poor three-year-olds. Oh, no. So, I, so oh, I'm going to no. help Graham. And here's the thing. He just wanted to go to the playground. He wanted to play on the swings. He didn't have any interest. The only thing he wanted to do with the soccer ball 
was to just kick it and run away, like on a different field away from all the other kids. It was a total disaster. And maybe the worst part was one night randomly Dana Wessel was there watching me try to get my poor son pay any attention to what the coach is doing. So it's good to see Dana. I hadn't seen Dana in a long time, but. Did he call your son a false nine? (laughs) No, but there was, I, I saw him, I saw him from like a distance on the sideline. He was watching his niece and so I sent him a message on Twitter and said, listen, there's a guy at my son's soccer practice who's wearing a Chelsea jersey and a headman right now. And if it's not you, I want to know who is stealing your look because he is really, he is absolutely aping down to the ground, everything you're doing. So anyway, so what I'm saying is if you have a three-year-old, if you're out there, you have a three-year-old, you're thinking about maybe signing them up for summer rec, don't. They didn't do it when we were kids. There was a good reason for it. I don't, I don't think I'm ruining his future professional soccer career by no. not putting him in soccer. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be fine too. Yeah. So um, that's over, where we're at. Yeah. Over here. Um, the empty nest starts in about five weeks. Oh no. I yeah, forgot. Um, I, I mean, I remember going, and yet I forget. So yeah. she's leaving for college five yep, weeks. Yep, uh, going to Chicago um, for college at the end of August. It's, at the University of Chicago studying no, economics. No, no, I, I yep. would already have disowned she's that. Going, <laughs> um, it's a, a Columbia to, of Chicago. So it's a, she, uh, she's had a Milton Friedman poster on her wall for the last ah, 10 years please, of her life. Just, she loves the Chicago School of Economics. You, just, you can't stop these kids. The heart just, wants what it wants. Well, my brain's out in the Byerly's parking lot. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's happening in five weeks. I'm Mandy and I are trying to figure out what we're going to do with all this free time now. I'm fascinated by this. What, yeah, I have no what idea. Is your yeah. current, what is your current emotion level right now? I don't know. I, I was talking to a David Brower about this and he's because he's in that same boat mm-hmm. as is a um, John bonus. And it's just. <laughs> the sports dads. You, you, of I mean, you've been, together. The, I mean, yeah, the last two decades have just been spent, you know, God, Make sure they get fed. Make sure they get brought places. Make sure they don't die. You know, that's just, that's been the most important and pressing thing. And I know that all of those things still exist, but they're now not a thing that you have to do 24 seven. And it's, it's wild to contemplate. I'm not, I don't know what this fall is going to be like. I, I, I really don't. I I'm looking forward to it, I think, but, um, I'm sorry if I'm having an online therapy session because I really don't That's know what this is. how I'm, I'm going to handle this emotionally at all. I'm going to be a wreck. I know. Well, you're going to be but, like every other dad in the world where it's like, man, I got all this free time. This is going to be great. I'm really going to enjoy. And then pretty much every hour you be like, I wonder if she had a class now I could call her just see how things are going. <laughs> I'd like to. You, can yeah. we get down to Chicago? What is the Amtrak? Look, when does the Amtrak yeah. leave? We could get down to Chicago. There's flights. There's got to yeah. be flights. That's just, man, yeah. I just. <sighs> so, oh, yeah. this reminds you. This reminds you. I was going to tell you this. So if you go back in the podcast archives, I don't know if this was an actual discussion on the podcast, but when my kids were really little, like mm-hmm. two and just born or whatever, when you're when I was really in 
the mixer of like this is the meat grinder this yeah. is you just got to get through you got a newborn yeah. you got a toddler it's it's all happening for you i remember having this discussion and like i said i don't know if this was on the podcast or in the green room or whatever where we were talking about like it gets better because that's what all the that's what everybody who has kids older than your kid they're like well it gets better it gets better mm-hmm. and you, i heard this so many times that finally <laughs> to you and to a lot of people i said when tell me exactly when and i remember you thinking about it and saying you know it's about kindergarten when they go to kindergarten it starts to get then they're they're fun they still they still love you but they also are a little more human and i just want to say that i've been hanging my hat on that for years now and it's happening now my daughter starts kindergarten in the fall i'm sure like (laughs) like you i will be a wreck i will absolutely be a wreck and this is not even empty nesting it's just she's gone all day during the school day Mm -hmm. and it's just it's so much different you i i just want to say you were right and i've been looking forward to it and you're absolutely right she's like a little human now she's just a normal person and i'm not saying she makes decisions that make sense because she doesn't she's a kindergartner but it's just way different we took her on a plane a couple times this year and that used to be just a disaster like a disaster (laughs) waiting to happen how are we going to get through this I sat next to her on a flight and it was like, I was, I was, I was so ready. I was so focused in like dad time. I got snacks ready to go. I got an iPad ready to go. I got all this stuff. I'm ready for this flight. It's going to be a long time, but we can survive it. And she just took like the iPad and just watched a show the whole time. And finally I was like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie now. Cause I, I don't know what else I'm bored. I'm legitimately bored right now. And even two years ago, it would have been like, oh no, this is a disaster. <laughs> And now, you know, she's coming up on six. So anyway, thanks, Stu. You gave me hope and it worked out and I just appreciate it. Yep. Other parents listening to that who are in the meat grinder right now, it it does get better. It really does. does, That's not for other parents who have older kids. It's not a helpful thing to say to people. Just tell them what Stu told me. Tell them it will get better when they are in kindergarten. You can look forward (laughs) to that. You just have to get through this. Yeah. Don't 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 do don't false aphorism. Give them give them a solid date. Everyone just laughs at you. You're like, this is really tough. I'm really having a hard time. And parents just laugh right in your face and are like, oh man, you'll wish for these days when they're gone. And it's true, you will. But that doesn't help when you're suffering. No, it doesn't help when you're knee deep in diapers and daycare. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't. I mean, yeah, I I I look back on those days, but you know now comes now comes the other best part where it's like other people have kids and you can just enjoy having a one-year-old around and then they're gone that's perfect it's great and my kids are great yes i this has been the first summer really where i i instead of being like man i can't wait until the kids are blank this summer it's been like i wish the kids would stay this age forever i'm really enjoying this right here i don't want them to grow up and go to college at Mm -hmm. the university of chicago like students kids are doing i don't want that to happen i want them to be i want them to be five and three forever no and i mean it's yeah that's their jet that that's just it's great great. like you said they're just little they're they're more human they're more self-sufficient they're still your baby though so there's like you got both of those things Mm-hmm. So, like whereas this summer friends. me and pip have been going to nicholas cage movies at the trilon in minneapolis <laughs> so 
which is another, which having grown kids, that's also a fun thing. You can deal with them. So. But yeah. Um, yep. Cats in the cradle, John. I can't wait for episode 332 where we're talking about my kids leaving the college. <laughs> she the chose North quarter. Dakota. I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. To... <laughs> just, just how how could you have half of my genetic code? Whatever the hell they're called. <laughs> how could you have half of my genetic code and choose to go to Grand Forks, North Dakota? It's not happening. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm just uh, worried about. I'm worried about the University of Wisconsin. Oh, everyone does. Godless hell. It is Madison. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Yeah, All right. I'm gonna going to call on. it, John. Um, it yep. is. Yeah, it's 10. Yeah, it's quarter after 10. You I've been talking for an hour and a half. Yep. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Hopefully, the next one will be sooner, but we make no promises. Um, as we've mentioned, uh, Broxy is going to be playing baseball for the next six weeks. Chicken Fingers is in a Nicaraguan jail. And mm-hmm. um, that's about it. So but that's okay. He's happy okay. there. He, he, he's happy. He's in his element. Um, he's thriving. And I he's think that's prepared his whole life for this. He'll be fine. Yes. yes. He is uh, trading cigarettes for food. It's great. Um, all <laughs> right. Thank you for listening, everyone. We will hopefully, again, we'll talk to you soon. And stop. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.